Good evening. We bid you welcome and invite you to taste the pod of Dracula, the only Dracula discussion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russell, and I am joined by my vampiric co-host, Josh Link. How are you, Josh? Russ, I'm doing great. How are you doing I today? I feel like we just spoke. Yeah. Always funny when uh, you go a week without seeing someone, yet it feels like only ten seconds. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, we have a huge episode today. Um, uh, so, in the annals of Dracula media, there are the uh, Titans. You have your Lugosis. You have your Christopher Lee. But it kind of all starts here, with Nosferatu, a symphony of horror. Yes. So, uh, let's just give a little bit of background here. Um, I think a lot of kids probably my age and younger that weren't in the horror genre know Nosferatu from Spongebob. Um, so Spongebob did a bit where they used actual footage from this movie for a gag and called him Nosferatu. Uh, Little did I know, and I don't know if that was the first time I had seen him, but it was definitely one of my earliest times seeing him. Little did I know that that guy is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> um so josh what is like your hit when when did you first see this movie uh i i'm pretty sure it was high school it's the first time i saw it um i i, I think i mentioned in my first episode that uh, I, I had taken a video editing class in high school and uh one of the films that was used to teach how to make a horror movie was nosferatu for obvious reasons. Once you've seen Nosferatu, you see just how much of a legacy it has in terms of crafting a scary scene in a movie. Um, yeah, I, I watched it and loved it. Thought, thought it was way... It was one of those movies you go in, you're like, hey, this is a silent movie. It's probably going to be dumb. I'm probably not going to like it. Uh, and then I watched it and was like, this is mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> I am so glad I watched this movie. Um, yeah, it just turned a hundred last year. Yeah, uh, and yeah, still, you still see Max Shrek as Count Orlock slash Count Dracula <laughs> uh, in, in media all the time. It's it's just it's a part of pop culture almost as much as Lugosi's version is. Um, it's still really scary i mean not in the same way that a modern horror film is this i mean we're going to get into it obviously but yeah this is the first surviving adaptation of stoker's novel and it's absolutely a hundred percent without their consent uh yes. <laughs> so this is a german film um i first saw this uh, my mom used to always get, people might not even know what this is, LTD Magazine. 
which uh, was basically this catalog where you could order shit. And they had this box set in there, and it was called 50 Horror Classics. And it was just all public domain horror movies on these individual sleeve discs. And there was so much crap in there, like the Beast of Yucca Flats and the Giant Gila Monster. But it also had some of the classics. It had The Hunchback. It had Phantom of the Opera. And it had Nosferatu. Um, I don't think I made the correlation until I saw it for the first time that, wait a second, this is Dracula. Um, and you know, a lot of the prints, the public domain prints that you see, they do call him Dracula. Uh, the name, yeah, Yeah, the first, uh, first time I watched it, it has all the Dracula characters. Mm -hmm. No, no matter how loose, (laughs) um, (laughs) we'll talk about that. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, for, for a while, I didn't realize that he was named Count Orlock because the version I saw called him Count Dracula. So I was like, oh, it's just Dracula. (laughs) So, uh, Josh, would you do the honors of uh, reading our credits for us? You don't have to do the cast, just the filmmakers there. Sure, yeah. So it's directed by F.W. Murnau, a German filmmaker. Uh, Screenplay by Enrique Gallin. Produced by Enrico Diekmann (laughs) and Albin Grau. I'm trying to do these German names as best I can. Uh, music by Hans Erdmann. Cinematography by Fritz Arno Wagner and Gunther Krumpf. Awesome. Uh, these are the best names that any people have ever right. had. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so F.W. Murnau, uh, he's known for movies like, well, obviously besides this, uh, Faust and The Last Laugh. Uh, he unfortunately died uh, less than 10 years after this in a car accident. Uh, yeah, awful. He was uh, quite the visionary director um, for you know the time per- period. Um, the name that I really want to bring up here is Albin Grau, because according to Hollywood Gothic by David J. Skull, Albin Grau was an occultist. And he infected this production with a lot of that occultism. And also, there is some evidence that he may have been a part of the same uh, group as Aleister Crowley. And there's also some evidence that the Stokers were involved there as well. So everything comes together. But he did all of the concept art for this. So he designed what Dracula Orlock looks like and all the scenes. And, oh my god. Um, Well, I guess I'll take us through the cast. Uh, We have Max Shrek as Count Orlock slash Dracula. And one of the most iconic monster looks of all time does looks nothing like how Stoker described Dracula. This is a rat man. Yeah. There, yeah, he looks 
So there's no other way to put it. He's a rat man. And (laughs) it's like Max Shrek is shrouded in mystery. That was his actual name. And not much is known about him so much so that they made a a movie we'll talk (laughs) about later. But um, very fun. We've got (laughs) Gustav von Wangenheim, who is Thomas Hutter. And that's our Harker character. His wife, Ellen, is played by Greta Schroeder. Our Renfield's knock-in. Our our Renfield stand-in is Knock, played by Alexander Ganache. George H. Schnell is our ship owner, Harding. Ruth Lanshoff is Ruth, who uh, gets named Lucy in in some prints where she is nothing like that character. Yeah, yeah. John Goto or Gottowit is Professor Bullweir, who is our Seward, and Gustav Boats as Professor Seavers, who is very loosely our Van Helsing. Very loosely. Uh, Max Nimitz as the captain of the Impusa. Not the Demeter. Not the Demeter. Wolfgang Hines as the first mate of the Impusa. Uh, and then there's some incidentalary uh, cast that we'll just we won't. We, it's not important. <laughs> um, so this movie plays out much like the story you're familiar, but differently. As that will that will be a running theme on this show. As there's no true perfect adaptation of Stoker's novel. But uh, our, our main character is uh, Thomas Hutter, who is married to Ellen Hutter, and they're a happy, happy family. Uh, Russ, before you get too far into this, I got to crack open a beverage. Oh, um, what is it? The Nosferatu Imperial Red Ale from oh. Great Lakes Brewing. <laughs> It's an awesome red can with Max Rex Nosferatu on the front. So let that's me... incredible. Let's see. Let's see how it is. I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, it is. What, I think it's an eight point mm. Yeah. So nothing like a a little uh, Nosferatu in the morning. To... <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um. <laughs> So Hutter is, uh, he works for Knock. Uh, Knock. Okay. So Knock is our Renfield, but he's also in this version, Hutter's boss. And this could not be any more different from Harker's boss in the novel, who was like a father to him. And (laughs) Knock is this creepy little goblin man. Uh, Oh, thank you. His eyebrows are amazing. He's almost as creepy and cool as, as our main guy here. But um, So he receives this mysterious letter that's written in occult symbols from... That part is so oh, cool. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's wild. It's, uh, it's from uh, Orlock, and he states that he wants to buy um, some land. It's in Germany. It's actually set in Germany. Um, so Hutter is sent to do business. 
And it plays out mostly how you would imagine that he meets the town folk with the most bizarre mustache I have ever seen. <laughs> and looks surprisingly like the same mustache man that in the in the universal version. Uh, it's it's almost uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's it's frankly bizarre that yes. <laughs> they found someone that looks so much like that. That is insane. Just insanity. Um, Hutter makes his way to the castle. Well, first he's picked up by the coach who's driving like an absolute bat out of hell and conveniently <laughs> looks like Count Orlock. Yeah, weird. Uh, With an awesome hat. Just a great hat big feather coming out yes of it. there's also i i made a note of this i didn't i don't take too many notes usually but i had to make a note of this the townspeople <laughs> the townspeople say the werewolf prowls the forest and then they proceed to show a hyena yes okay i guess they couldn't find a wolf they needed some, how do you get a hyena in germany uh, yeah i have a theory okay. about this um, I think someone in this production either had like an exotic pet <laughs> or access to a zoo or something, right? So they had access to this hyena and probably thought, no one watching this movie is going to know what the hell a hyena is right. or what it looks like. So if we trot one out and say that's a werewolf, people will think we have a real mm-hmm. werewolf because they don't know what all that thing is. That's... that's my theory is that they went with something so bizarre that's like, Kind of dog-like, kind of not. Uh, that it's just weird enough that people might buy that it's a supernatural creature. I, I like your headcanon there. I I, I agree with <laughs> it. Um, you know, in the book, when Harker arrives, Dracula is instantly the consummate gentleman. He's, uh, he's you know, I prepared you dinner, and I put away all your stuff, and you're, you can use my library. Orlock just is like... You've kept me waiting too long. It's after midnight. And just starts stamping away. And he's got his little, he's got like a little hat that I love. It's like, a, it's almost like a nightcap. It's. Yes, yes. Yeah, although I, I, I surmise that the reason he says that is just to explain why there's no servants mm. around. Oh, it's so late. And all the servants yeah. home. There were never any right. servants. Um, one of my favorite parts about this movie is that it shows uh, Orlock doing a lot of the heavy lifting for himself. But um, yes. so we get to this this iconic scene that would become iconic in the Universal version. It's almost exactly the same here. Um, Orlock is looking over the deed and he does this creepy thing where he like looks over the paper with his big eyes and, and Hutter's just like looking at him and then uh, cuts himself on uh, while he's cutting up some bread and uh, Orlock uh, goes for the blood on his finger. Unlike Lugosi, who just kind of is gets deterred by the cross, Orlock sticks his finger <laughs> in his mouth, and <laughs> yeah. it is appalling. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so creepy. And then has the audacity to be like, "Won't you stay up with me tonight? I sleep during the day." 
Oh, man. Yeah, just a really uh, great bonding moment. Yes. Um, Hunter. <laughs> you love that scene, though, just him. It, it, the, the thing that makes it so unsettling is how slowly mm-hmm. he does it. Like, all of his movements are very meticulous, and it just has this, like, feeling of dread. Yeah. It's so creepy. I, love I guess it. I should have mentioned which version that I watched. I was I originally was watching a public domain version on Amazon, but the quality was terrible and it wasn't the original mm-hmm. score. So I plopped in my uh, Kino Lorber uh, Blu-ray, which is impeccable. It nice. is crisp nice. and it has the original score. It's amazing. It's got all the like interludes. We didn't even mention the, the awesome like prose line that opens it. Uh, Nosferatu, does that not sound like the death bird beating at your door or something along those lines? It's it's every time they refer to him as the death mm-hmm. bird. Uh, it's kind of hard. It's just like this. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Harker Hutter wakes up. Yeah, I'm going to say right now, I'm probably going to switch yep. names uh, I'll talk about him as well. I can't. And one of it. the first things he does is he checks his throat to see if he's been bitten, and he has not. But um, here comes the, I mean, arguably the, the most iconic scene, the scariest scene. Uh, that's that later that night, um, Hutter is getting ready for bed. And he just happens to open his door. And is that not the creepiest shot you've ever seen of just Orlock just standing there staring? It is so well it's done. Chilling. It's it's practically a jump yeah. scare. Like it's it's so so off putting. <laughs> and that that's like is like uh the shape was taking notes on that, like Michael Myers was taking notes on that when he was when he stands, but it's it's very effective. And you know, silent movies make it even more eerie. Um, it just adds, and especially they're not quite moving in a natural way. It's the speed of the camera is. So Orlock slowly makes his way into uh, Hutter's room. The door opens on its own. And this is the scene that was in SpongeBob when he steps through the doorway. But uh, he goes to uh, make a meal. But uh, Hutter has a psychic connection with his wife. And his wife wakes up and shouts his name, and it deters our vampire. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, the Stoker novel had the psychic connection, but it was with Dracula. Right. Um, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's a cool little twist. Um, I remember the first time watching that and being like, oh, that's, that's really weird. But I uh, really liked it. Yeah, it's a cool little little twist on the character Mm -hmm. the next day uh hutter (laughs) he he sees orlock in one of the best bits of just like early filmmaking 
<laughs> Orlock loading up his own coffin, getting in it, and then it slides over him. Yeah, it's stop motion. It looks so funny, but it it's it works. It gets the job done. So he's on it. He's on his way to Germany. He's getting on the ship. That's not the Demeter. Um, <laughs> Hutter yeah. makes his escape. Uh, there's no brides of Dracula in this. Um, but he's he's got his make his way back home. The funny thing is though, is he just kind of forgets about him. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of probably the best way to describe yeah. that. Um, Knock has been put into a mental asylum. He is a servant of Orlock. Um, but now we get the first and one of the best versions of our voyage. Um, there's all you know the the shipmates, and they're getting they're starting to fall off like flies and they decide oh my god we've got to open these earth boxes and one of them's full of rats oh that's a great great moment it's just yeah sends a chill down your spine makes your skin crawl and the other one has our vampire in it and this is when we get the iconic stand straight up from the coffin and he just starts killing them um and would I really want to know how they did that at the time. The, you know, Nosferatu or Count Orlock, you know, kind of springing yeah. up, but yeah, know, completely rigid. Like, I wonder what exactly they did uh, to make that look so good because it. I almost wonder if he fell backwards and they just played it in reverse, but. Uh, it was one of the same, and it's also so slow. Yeah. Like, it's not like a you know, springboard. Right. <laughs> It's uh, just this very slow, like, rising from the grave, rising from the coffin kind of deal, which has been done a billion times since with Dracula and other horror creatures and killers. So, yeah, it looks great. But uh, we get one of our iconic images of this movie is uh, uh, Orlock on, like, the the uh, the sail almost of the boat and uh he's got those long fingers oh man i want to know how they did that like what did they use to make the long fingers like that um yeah again it looks really good but um one thing that's unique about this movie and there's are there's a few things when Orlock arrives, he not only arrives, he bl- he brings a plague with him. Yeah. Yeah, he brings the Black Death, basically. So there's like this like five to ten minutes of the story where it just turns into a, a documentary about the Black Death. People are dropping like flies sick. They're even like going to the doors and like marking who has the plague and who doesn't or who's dead and who's not. But, um, and not part of, part of me, I wonder if it was meant to, that he's just killing mm. them and blaming it on the black. Could death. be. Or if it's truly the plague that's killing mm. them. Uh, it's not entirely clear, but either way, it is great. Uh-huh. Definitely. Um, Knock is also yes. wreaking havoc. Um, he's escaped his asylum and. The village, the village is blaming him as a vampire. Um, they don't know about Orlock. 
which I can't blame yeah. him. That, if I saw that guy, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a vampire. Definitely. <laughs> it looks insane. But basically our last 10 minutes of the movie, Orlock finally decides to strike. Oh, I forgot to mention way back when Hunter was at his castle, he sees a locket with Ellen's picture. And what does he say? That's he that. says, your wife has a lovely neck. Very, very normal thing mm-hmm. to say to somebody. I also wanted to mention Ellen's room. Because there's a scene where she like sleepwalks out on her like looks exactly like the balcony in the drawing room from the Lugosi version. So many parallels. Yeah, it, it's uncanny once again how similar it looks. I We should also point out the castle that Orlock oh, lives in yeah. is awesome like the actual real castle that they shoot is awesome it looks so cool it's uh yeah it is a real castle and i believe it's still standing to this day uh yeah i'll sometimes see people post you know stuff on social media like visited the castle (laughs) it looks so cool still orlock um hypnotizes uh ellen from across the street very creepy he's just looking at her through his window hands up on the bars um and he uh it reminds me um i don't know if you saw the um the most recent adaptations of stephen king's it mm-hmm. the way uh, anyone's kind of <clears throat> goes into like this trance yep. when he's about to kill somebody it looks like that he's got this like thousand yard mm-hmm. stare just like completely obsessed it's really really creepy. i also forgot to mention that orlock like hauls his own coffin into the <laughs> that... <laughs> yeah. that's crazy but um raising the eyebrows mm-hmm. apparently but he starts making his way and ellen wakes up his her husband and is like go get the doctor and this guy just takes his sweet ass time the slowest man i've ever seen Orlock comes in, we get that fucking amazing shot of the shadow flying across the 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 staircase with his hand kind of behind him. And so good. He enters Ellen's room and Ellen is like kind of scared to death on the bed and we get the, another great thing where you see Orlock's hand shadow and it clenches right over where her heart is and she reacts Ah, and then that is a phenomenal Mm. scene. Like again, nineteen twenty-two. That is brilliant. It looks so good because obviously they're using real shadows here. It's not like they had CGI do this. You know, they had to film an actual shadow. I I wonder how long it took them to get that just Mm. right because it looks spectacular. Like it absolutely holds up. Well, he starts to feed on Ellen uh, because her husband is slow, uh, but it is actually his undoing uh, because, believe it or not, this is the first time we're introduced to sunlight killing a vampire. In Stoker's novel, uh, Sun made Dracula weaker, but it did not kill him. In this version, yeah. it makes him go poof. Yes. They, a a great composite shot, and then uh, 
there's a lot of great composite shots like on the on the boat when the guy sees orlock just sitting on his own coffin and he's like see-through such there's so much good cinematography in this for a hundred year old movie um i feel like this is the blueprint of horror it is it absolutely is and you know caligari is before this but still um yeah and well orlock's dead but so is ellen ellen dies very very tragic ending and that's it. <clears throat> yeah. One, one other thing uh, about that scene where he is feeding on her, uh, the way that is Ugh. shot is horrifying. Cause he's, he's hunched over. It's one of those shots where when you first are looking at it. You can't quite tell what's mm-hmm. happening. Uh, and then you realize that he's hunched over her bed, yeah. you know, biting feeding on her and he slowly looks up at the camera and it is terrifying really well Mm -hmm. done well i think we should do what we did for the novel and go like character by character here Uh, we're not going to do all the characters because really a lot of them aren't as important in this as they were in the book Um, we'll save our main guy for last so let's talk about thomas hutter um, I love how jovial he is, um, even after his encounter with <laughs> Nosferatu. He is just like the happiest guy. And I don't know, obviously it's that it's that silent movie acting where you're kind of overacting so you can get your point across. But I don't know, he's a cheerful guy. And, yeah. but when he's scared, he does a great job of being scared. He, he is also an imbecile. Yes. He is the dumbest <laughs> man. Like, I, I imagine this is the first movie where audiences were yelling at the screen, like, you dummy. Walk faster. <laughs> he has that moment very early on where they hand him like the, the book or whatever that explains all the, horrible things about vampires <laughs> Not only does he laugh and scoff he then throws it on the ground mm. like what a jerk yeah. <laughs> so disrespectful it's like yeah you you had this coming buddy you didn't even try i love the scene where knock is telling him uh to go to transylvania and he's like you might give a little bit of sweat or a little bit of blood and he starts laughing but then knock like really starts laughing and he's like Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, nothing like a maniacal laugh to uh, give you some confidence heading into a, a journey. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Knock, uh, he's the other standout of this movie for sure. This oh, yeah. guy—I'm not convinced this guy wasn't a real goblin. Uh, he, <laughs> he, yes, he is like uh he's kind of impish he's small he's got this crazy he's got like spawn violator hair and um (laughs) he's got weird teeth and weird eyes and yeah he's our weirdest eyebrows any human being has ever had he this is the blueprint for the renfield we know because the the book renfield very different but he does end up eating some spiders. Um, 
But yeah, he's great. And I he I is. love how he's just this mischievous little asshole. <laughs> yeah. He sends all the villagers on a wild goose chase for him and he survives. Um oh, we we sh- we should have mentioned the uh the scarecrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> he like sets up a little scarecrow on the field to make them think that's him. <laughs> <laughs> When they find it, they get so bad and just like tear it apart. It's very, very yes. funny. So our tragic heroine, Ellen Hutter, she again has this weird psychic ability, and um, it's not quite clear, but it seems like she just sacrificed herself to kill Orlock. Yeah, that is how I read it as well. Yeah. She is, by the way, she's really good mm-hmm. in this. Um, I talked about how how, how jovial uh, Hutter is, but Ellen, Ellen is uh, like morose. Yes. Uh, like it's it. She just acts like she knows something terrible is going to happen throughout the entire. As film. soon as he says he's going to Transylvania, she's just like done yeah i love their yeah. first scene where he comes in and he's got the flowers and he hands them to her and she like caresses them like a baby and i'm like yeah this is so weird but it's so good yeah it's like magnetic like her performance on whenever she's on screen i'm just like man this actress is great right. she she really sells it everything uh, which is tough to do in a silent film no dialogue so you got to you got to figure out other ways to do it. Right. You get everything you need out of her performance. She sells it. Before we talk about our main man, let's talk about the 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 crew of the Impulsa. Um, I have never seen more terrified looking people in a in a black and white movie for sure. They really sell how scary Dracula is. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's the one scene actually, um, right before he pops mm. up, where the guy bring, brings his axe yeah. back and then just like freezes in absolute terror. Yeah. <laughs> he sees uh, Orlock or Dracula pop up. It's really well done. Yeah, all those characters look just absolutely terrified out of their minds. Mm-hmm. There's a horrible vampire on board. Yes. Him. And finally, Count Orlock. Dracula Nosferatu. This this performance has stood the test of time. A hundred and one years later, it's still creepy. It's still chilling. The way he moves is just otherworldly. Yeah, it's in here. It's like you're in a nightmare. Like I, I, I feel like it's overused when people say. Oh, this movie is dreamlike. Well, this is nightmare-like. Yeah. Um, I I will never get some of these images out of my head as long as I live. The shadow going up the staircase, the the long fingers going to open the door, and him standing at the end of that hallway looking into Hutter's room is one of the scariest images. And this this was all practical. There was no yeah. CGI. Like, what did they do to make him look that way? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a perfect performance. Mm-hmm. 
like uh I, I can't imagine what could have been done to make it any better honestly it's so good and we mentioned the the scene where the door opens and he's there it's terrifying but then his steady slow walk mm-hmm. holds him might be even scarier honestly because it's it's just this dread that's building the the suspense is you could cut the tension with a knife it's really really well done. definitely all these movements so meticulous uh throughout it's really really well done and i love this little tidbit that he's a plague bearer now he yeah that just adds to like he's this pestilence he's he's yeah. a dirty rat man and it he's he that max shrek beyond the grave you are just you're still scaring people to this day yeah i hope i hope wherever you are you're uh, happy with your uh, with your performance but um i mean you can't convince me he's not an actual undead vampire still out there somewhere yeah we'll get we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that (laughs) i mean this to me in terms of iconic performances is only outdone by lugosi Whereas Lego, what do I know? Yeah, yeah it's it's up there. yeah. Lugosi is just what has become the stereotype of what Dracula is. So he's always going to be like the epitome. But this is right there, and um, I, I guess we should talk a little bit about his uh, outfit because. Obviously, no cape. Uh, no cape. That was something that was uh, we didn't mention in our last episode. That came from the stage play, was the cape. Yeah. Um, he's in just kind of a formal ch- jacket. Yeah, it's it's an interesting yeah yeah look. Uh, but obviously, it's iconic now. But yeah, it's it's an interesting look. Uh, with those long fingers, oh. yeah, coming out under those sleeves, it's so creepy. Yeah. It's just I, I, I can't I can't stress enough how chilling he is. He and I don't know if you've seen that set photo where he was taking a break. Yes. That's scarier than anything in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like this guy just looks like that all the time. Huh? That's cool. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that 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 picture is so classic because like there's like the shadow like mm-hmm. kind of over his face, which somehow makes it a thousand oh, times bigger. Yeah, but you can see his eyes still. That's the scariest part. Yeah. Um, he looks like an actual undead monster. Yeah. It's it's a nightmare. Um, so I have here in the notes favorite moments, and I'm not going to suggest five like we did for the book, but maybe two. Um, I think the standout moment for me, um, moments, I already mentioned it, when Hutter opens the door and Orlock is staring at him. And my other favorite part, um, even over the Demeter, not the Demeter, is the the yeah. little like force choke thing where he puts his shadowy hand over her heart and just grabs and she reacts. I love, like, he's got these powers man and he's gonna use them yeah it, yeah i think uh 
yeah, honestly, I think my favorite scene is probably that entire sequence where he is, it starts with him staring at her from across the street mm-hmm. and then slowly making his way across the street, up the stairs, into a room, grabbing the heart and then feeding. That whole sequence is perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's perfect. It, it's, uh, it's everything you want out of a horror film. Yeah. We didn't talk about the score, but the score is incredible too. Um, I'm so glad that like the Blu-ray, like, because back then the score wasn't in the film. It, somebody was actually playing it while you watched. Um, but it's, it's, we use like the intro or the opening theme of the movie we use as our outro. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, it's great. But it's, uh, yeah, what a what a great uh, film it is. Uh, the other thing that I think is really impressive about it is that it is a feature length film, mm-hmm. hour and thirty. Actually, yeah, it's a legitimate film. Like a lot of those older films are much shorter, like right at an hour. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little mm-hmm. over. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this one is a, a modern length film. And I will say, um, if you're not used to silent movies, uh, make sure that you've got, uh, you had plenty of sleep. Because, you know, in the kind of the lull parts, you will, I'm not going to say it's boring. It's just, you're, you're used to hearing things, hearing people yeah. talk. You might get, you know, caught up in it not being, but I think it's a it's an incredible movie. Um, it's an iconic movie, and we're obviously we're still talking about it 101 years later. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, I'm not going to go too far into this, but well, I guess we should rate it first. Uh, definitely two fangs. Obviously, yeah. it's two fangs. One, it's not for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about the lawsuit because oh yes, Dracula yes. in its history has in, has been a part of two monumental lawsuits. Yeah. And this one uh, obviously is Florence Stoker suing Prana Film who pr- produced Nosferatu, their one and only film I believe because of this. Um, she was suing them because it was obviously unauthorized, but the thing is she was suing them for all this money that they didn't have. Right. So the settlement was that all copies of this movie be destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine her chagrin when a few years later she found out someone was showing this movie. (laughs) this this haunted this whole thing haunted florence stoker she was so upset that she wasn't getting any money from this and it's a really important lawsuit for creator rights um i i don't think that florence was being she wasn't doing it for her dead husband she was doing it for her monetary value but um, yeah. it 
it's a really interesting if please read hollywood gothic by uh, david j skull he goes over this whole thing uh we're gonna be talking to him soon uh in fact next episode but um I love that, like, much like Dracula for Florence Stoker, this thing would not die. It just kept yeah. coming back. And it was it's kind of hilarious, actually. Like, she thought it was gone, <laughs> and then it would be back. Yeah. And uh, obviously, someone, Todd Browning saw that movie because the universal film takes so many little things from Nosferatu. It's it, it's, there's no way they didn't see it. Yeah. Not a chance. Um, thank God copy survived. Yes. Can you imagine if this was lost uh, forever? Like what a tragedy that would have mm-hmm. been. Uh, it, it, it functionally created the horror genre in film. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know Caligari was before. There were other films that you could consider horror that came before it, but this is the one that set the template. Like, this is what a horror film is. This is how you make one. Definitely. Without it, yeah, it's... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we, we don't have any of the classics we have today without right. it. It's hard to believe that this this could have been... Got, it could have been like London After Midnight. Um, yeah. I'm glad it's not. It would have been relegated to like, oh, just that segment in that short comedy film, Boo. Have you, have you, you know what I'm talking about? I'm aware yeah, of it, there's yeah. scenes from Nosferatu in that. Uh, that would. There's scenes from a lost movie in that, and it's like the only surviving scenes. Uh, I think it's what the old Dark House was a remake of. Um, mm. So yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, this movie has been remade once, about to be twice, and also there was a very meta movie made about it. Um, There's also an unofficial sequel to the 70s. Yes. Um, so Nosferatu the Vampire came out in 1979. I have actually not seen that one. Oh, it's good. It's going to be on a future season of this show. Um, I did just order it from Shout Factory. But uh, from what I was told, it is it's kind of a it's a it's not exactly it's not exactly a high impact movie. In fact, it it was told to me that it is the 2001 Space Odyssey of vampire movies. (laughs) But you know what i i yeah. see it i can do that yeah with uh of course uh werner herzog i want to see the baby uh <laughs> but uh, uh yeah, yes. um it is about to be remade again or i guess filming is done for yeah, robert yeah. eggers director of the oh, witch yeah. oh my god with pennywise himself as yeah as orlock um i can't imagine this not being good yeah do they even need to put any makeup on <laughs> this guy's head just, just shave his head and say yeah. go <laughs> i'm sure he's got some weird face in his repertoire that he'd just pull out but um yeah. i'm very excited for that 
yeah, Eggers is my favorite current director. Mm-hmm. I love his stuff. Uh, Lighthouse is my favorite. Oh, movie. so good. I cannot wait to see his take on Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you didn't like me cooking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yes. <laughs> so good. Um, so good. And we mentioned the meta kind of movie about the movie, a fictionalized, or so we think, version of the production <laughs> where Willem Dafoe, Lighthouse alumni, Willem Dafoe, and is also going to be in the remake. Yeah, as Van Helsing. Oh, that's incredible. But yeah, <laughs> he is uh, Max Shrek, who uh, in this is a real vampire. Yes, it's really yeah. fun. That's a really fun. We're also movie. going to talk about that in a future season, even though it's not quite Dracula. It is linked to it, so yeah. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is awesome in that movie. Big surprise that Willem Dafoe can play a creepy yeah. guy really well. <laughs> uh, but also, um, um, uh, John Malkovich. Great. Yeah, uh, F.W. Murnau is awesome in that movie he comes across as such a yeah yeah (laughs) i hope none of murnau's family was still alive that knew him when they (laughs) when they saw that and were like oh okay but uh yeah uh there's some great bits like it's kind of it's often categorized as a black comedy um i've always there's plenty of humor. Yeah, for sure. I always considered it like a, a horror drama, but uh, yeah, um, it's definitely worth a watch. It's kind of hard to track down now, though. It's not streaming anywhere. Oh, really? um, I have to work on that. Maybe when I was a state sued. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, well, I think that's that brings us to the end here, Josh. Is there any uh, final thing? thoughts you have about Nosferatu? I would say uh, just one thing I don't know if we really talked about it much was the impact on what vampires look like. Oh yeah. Because uh, like, there's plenty that go the Lugosi route, right? Like the suave you know uh, aristocrat mm-hmm. looking guy. but there are just as many that go with the truly monstrous uh, Max Shrek version as well. And specifically yeah. this kind of rat bat kind of look. Yeah. Like Blade 2, those vampires yes. were obviously Orlock. Um, yeah. Salem's Lot. Yes. Big one. Yeah. yeah. Vampire the Masquerade had like their own subsect of vampires that were Orlocks, basically. Um, yeah. Something about like the bald look with like the yeah rat-like features you know creature um that has lived on uh what we do in the shadows <laughs> the film has yeah, so, which is very yeah. funny yeah it's uh it, it's such an iconic look that it's impossible not to borrow from it there's also a movie i saw recently i can't remember the name of it now it had barbara crampton in it um but had a vampire that looked like mm. that as well Yes, the uh, the influence of this movie knows no bounds. Um, yeah, even I would I would even say that the Dracula in the Demeter movie is somewhat inspired yeah. by Orlock. Uh, even especially the very huh? 
especially the very yeah end of that yeah that um that was actually something I really liked about the movie was that but um yeah, yeah well I think that's gonna wrap us up but uh, when uh, when you're not talking about rat people and little goblin men uh what are you up to josh well uh i have a Substack. a link to the masses you can find it at joshlink.substack.com uh cover a lot of pop culture stuff a lot of comics movies books you name it um i did a series on or did one on uh craven's last hunt not too long ago which features a, a villain called vermin yeah which is a so we're, we're just kind of back into the rat <laughs> man uh, Dimatteis loves vermin and puts them in most of his Spider-Man sure does. Uh, if you want to see a rat man uh, eating people? That's uh, a place to find it. But yeah, uh, and then right now we're we're in October, so it's it's spooky season. Uh, a lot of a lot of horror movies being watched right now. Frankenstein movies, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, yeah. so and been been a fun month so far. I watched a movie called No One Will Save You last night, which is. Uh, how was it? I haven't uh, seen it. Very yet. good. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's I would describe it as Fire in the Sky meets The Strangers. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Sounds like two terrifying oh. things meeting in the middle. Um, but yeah. I also watched a couple horror movies this weekend that were new. I watched uh, Totally Killer. Mm-hmm on amazon i would describe that one as scream meets hot tub time machine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that sounds weird as soon as you watch it you'll be like oh no that's exactly what this movie is it's like a meta slasher with a time travel element and lots of comedy um and then also watched uh vhs 85 i need to see that i need to see that just Uh, hot tub might be scott derrickson's best well, that, that's that's bold words you know he he directed yeah. my favorite horror movie so but yeah i think you will really enjoy his segment i'm gonna go out and yeah i <laughs> love it yeah it's really really effective really creepy. i've been catching up on the chucky show um which is a lot of fun and i am i this is obviously outside of the halloween season but it's still horror I am beyond excited for Thanksgiving, the movie. Uh, that most recent trailer was so gruesome. Uh, I, 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 I need to see it. I need it. Um, but uh, when I'm not here, uh, you can find me on the Tomes of Evil podcast network, uh, Gamma Charge, the strongest podcast there is, Predator and Prey, and I actually, as the... Uh, should be by the time this recording is out i will be doing a monthly show covering the new um daniel warren johnson transformer series uh yeah that should be a lot of fun uh next time we have a huge uh, interview we are going to be talking with dracula historian david j skull and uh, we can't wait to bring that to you. Uh, we can't wait to talk to him. Yeah, it's going to be a fun. So until next time, listeners, remember, there are such things. Watch out for that death bird. Mm-hmm.